Welcome back to Trending in Education. Dan Schaffer, Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer with you. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about language and language applications and uh, the art of teaching language. Uh, gentlemen, as we've talked in the past, we've talked about uh, fun with language. We've talked about some uh, portmanteaus, acronyms, acronyms, and so on and so forth, but really about the contract of teaching language here today. But first and foremost, as always, Brandon, how is your week? What's new in your world? Uh, my week was good. My world is good. Um, as I was preparing for this uh, episode, I, I was I was just happy. I haven't taken an English class in so long. Yeah, and I'm I'm still fluent. Like you're, I, you're doing well. Yeah, I mean we'll see. I guess. Although your Duolingo score has dropped tremendously. It, it has. Like, like you sound fine to me, but your your Duolingo English streak. Turquoise toy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but I'm doing, I'm doing well. Thanks, Dan. Lots to come uh, about uh, Duolingo, Blue Canoe, and uh, other applications also uh, in the classroom. Mike, I know language is near and dear to your heart, something you enjoy uh, discussing at length. Uh, what are you uh, most uh, looking forward to discussing today? What's the, the, the topic or, or subject you're looking to bring to, to the fore today on this episode? I'm hoping we can rhyme a little bit. I'm thinking okay. that Blue Canoe is like teaching pronunciation through rhyming. So, uh, so I'm going to work on my timing and try to be subliming with my rhyming. All right, I'll work. Wow. On, I'll work. I won't work that hard on it. I'll leave you guys. I'll leave you guys alone. You're the lyrical miracle. Yeah, yeah. And Walt Clive Frazier would be proud. I think we're going to talk about like phonemes too, and and like I want to try phonemes, balonemes. I want to try to say schwa. At least once. Oh, yeah. Check. So, yeah, <laughs> that's what's going on. Uh, we're talking, as I said, language and uh, a few different articles that we'll share uh, on Twitter about uh, application Blue Canoe, um, Brandon and Mike both discussing Duolingo and uh, these apps, Mike, going uh, to really push how people interact with language. And when I first thought about discussing languages, foreign languages, but it, this is going to encompass English and English as a second language and uh, learning foreign languages like at Fluent City. Uh, who we've talked about previously in Brooklyn. They've got another $3 million to teach foreign languages uh, in a mixed sort of online and in-person classroom. Uh, as we look at these applications and sort of the nuance of teaching language today, the Blue Canoes, uh, the Duolingos, it seems gamification is big here, sort of the interaction point of your voice with the application and them giving you feedback. Uh, what, what do you find interesting about these apps and how they're going to market to try to help uh, that... Uh, in between of teaching kids and adults languages. There's a lot of stuff I think we could get into the, um, the blue canoe technique. I want to spend a little time on yeah. just cause like they, they base, they do use, um, like a combination of, uh, mnemonics and rhyming, uh, like rhyming mnemonics, uh, to help people help non native English speakers. And I guess even some English speakers who might have accents, um, understand how to pronounce better using uh, rhyming words that indicate how you pronounce the vowels within within the words. So thought that was pretty interesting uh, and somewhat gamified. And then um, we talked about it on our, uh, on our first Game of Thrones episode, uh, the fact that Duolingo uh, was teaching High Valerian, I thought uh, is also uh, interesting. So a nice little callback to, uh, to Game of Thrones. Although I'm still trying to find it. Uh, I'm trying to, like, I, I've been, I was poking around in Duolingo and there definitely was press about High Valerian, mm. but I'm having trouble finding it. It's just pushing me all the French. There may have been a special, yes, French. The blue, so Blue Canoe, should we talk about Blue Canoe? I think Please. So their, their thing is, I, I think even more than the rhymes, they have this, this color vowel system so that every right. vowel sound is associated with the color. 
Yes. So like that, that's and Blue Canoe, the name of this company is itself mm-hmm. uh, a uh, color vowel system example. Correct. Um, so, uh, so some of the ones they had, um, uh, Turquoise Toy, I, I shared at the top of the show. Yeah. I was, I was just working on my prin- <laughs> pronunciation. That's my least favorite. Yeah. Um, sunburned Dog. No, I think it's, it's, that's, <laughs> it's uh, Auburn. Auburn. Auburn Dog. Auburn Dog. Right, so those are those are the same sounds. Yeah, black cat. Yeah, sure, it's a good one. Solid. Um, olive sock. Yes. Yeah, a cup of mustard. Uh, those are those are many of the examples. In fact, there aren't many more. But um, I think the idea that you get, uh, I think colors probably. And here we're going back to brains. 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 Uh, um, colors. I I wonder if they if there's some association that your brain gets from the visualization of that color. Mm. So when you start to think about purple shirt mm-hmm. and that's, you know, the, the point that you're trying, they're trying to teach is the pronunciation of the vowel sounds yes. in purple and shirt being the same. That's my, my proxy for a rhyme. Yeah. Right. I want, but I wonder if that um, it's assonance for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Some dumb wait, wait, what'd you, what'd you call me? <laughs> but I, I wonder if, um, if there's something that happens in the brain too, that there's you know, tethering to this color that once you, know, you can visualize um, uh, like the, the mustard color, mm-hmm. maybe more than you can visualize something else that has that same vowel sound that's more of an abstract uh, term. Sure. So um, tethering back to things that you can see and yep. maybe even you know, your, your brain um, visualizes I think it's pretty interesting. Yeah, and even like classifying colors is something we do naturally. Uh, so like understanding a, a wide array of color words, you know, from the time we're using crayons, we're learning color words. So like it's very like fundamental to our language and there's a whole bunch of them. So you're kind of like, they're typically colors, although like is wooden a color, wooden hook? I think wooden is a color. Yeah. yeah. Crayola would say so. Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right? Like, but that's bird. like box of 264. That's not, yeah. that's, a- that's right. That's yeah. right. But, um, but I thought, it was, I mean, Blue Canoe is nice just in that they're trying to address the complexity of English. And I think lots of times when we talk about uh, our love of language, I think it's uh, as uh, English speakers, I think lots of times it's our love of English mm. that we're talking about. And then the fact that English is such a, big uh a big language in terms of incorporating other languages you know uh, i think we enjoy we enjoy talking about that but um and blue canoe is specifically focused on uh, american english we should also know correct because it would if you're trying to pronounce uh pronounce is that it yeah british english yeah blue canoe would be a bad tool for you right uh but this is it's specifically for for sound in american exactly and i have nothing against canadian english (laughs) uh but that's not really what we're talking about that's true. Right. Yeah. Right, it, right. It does also uh, discuss AI, which we've talked about at length here on the show about how they taught uh, the back end of, of the system to uh, mimic multiple accents too, like multiple accents of the way people te- uh, say words to then help correct them uh, in reaction to how they're pronouncing words. Uh, so a, a full gamut of, of what we've talked about here on the show previously. Interesting to read about this. I have a, a four-year-old who has um, articulation problems. Articulate, so she has uh, a lot of problems with the, the harder consonants and looking at something like this. She has an app that she was recommended to talk to, but it's the same repetitive just sounds. It's just the sounds. There's no 
color, there's no anything else to associate with those letters and those sounds. So I find this interesting that they, they are doing the sort of rhyming slash color uh, gamification to an extent uh, that may help uh, my four-year-old. So it was good to discover this and, and know that uh, there are other apps out there that may help her articulation problems in the future. But uh, you look at this app and then you compare it to the Duolingo brand in that you were just talking about, maybe Hive Larian not available. I'm not sure. I haven't looked. Uh, uh, but as we think of foreign languages and learning as English speakers, uh, other languages, obviously English uh, is fairly complicated and has all these pieces we try to do. Duolingo, gamifying the, the language process. Um, at large, learning another language can be really difficult. What about foreign languages and Duolingo and other you know, apps of this type uh, do you find interesting? And how do you think we go to bat of learning more foreign languages moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, a kernel here is that th making things that are difficult fun uh, is um, makes them less difficult. So I, I think that's whether it's Blue Canoe or Duolingo, like the, the gamification part, and Mike, you call this out, is I think it's, it is central to its stickiness. And the other thing that, that I, my understanding of, of um, learning a foreign language, and, you know, I, I speak one language pretty well, um, and another one uh, less well, that'd be French. Mm. Uh, I, I told you my, my, uh, my forays into Portuguese uh, before my trip to Brazil. See, si. Yep. Um, is uh, it just also requires dedicated attention. So, and, and, and probably, uh, you know, daily practice is better. And I don't know the literature on this, but I, my guess would be that daily practice is better than you know, cramming five hours into one setting. Mm -hmm. So that, that's also why the stickiness and gamification I think is important because it keeps on bringing you back and, and coming back is, is what you need. Yeah, and it's built to be addictive, you know, and we've talked about that around binge, like binge viewing is a similar phenomenon where like once you start, it's designed to keep you going. Um, the thing I'd like about Duolingo in particular, I, I don't, I'm not sure whether Blue Canoe does this or blue canoe because it also <laughs> helps you put the accent on the right syllable but uh the you've heard that right yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, i got you, you. you just heard it again <laughs> but um but that what i like about the gamification of duolingo it's also tied to spaced repetition so like you know the right when your memory of something you learned a few units ago would be decaying it prompts you to revisit a topic that you had learned previously. And then also it begins to interleave even uh, some of the, as you're learning new words, it continues to interleave old words so that um, you're not only doing massive practice on like a new topic, you're continuing to kind of um, interleave those things, which is good learning science. And that we do know the literature on, right? That, that is, that is good learning science. Yeah. Before you move away from, um, from Blue Canoe, I, I, can I take a quick aside to tell you words that I'm trying to change the pronunciation of? <laughs> it's a living language, right? Like right. English is a living language. So sure. I'm trying to do my small part on like four or five words to change the pronunciation. Here they are, right? Pre preach or, yes. or pretch. Pretch, pretch, brother. Um, Tootsie roll. <laughs> so basically you would change uh, uh, olive socks, Tootsie, olive. No, uh, I don't uh, think it's uh, that one. It's uh, uh, right. So what's the uh, what's schwa, the? schwa, <laughs> schwa. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't know. Auburn, got, Auburn, Auburn, maybe. Tootsie, Auburn. No. So blue, two blue. Right, Tootsie, Tootsie. I'm changing it to blue. 
Right. Yeah, I'm changing that color to blue. So that's one. Right. Uh, produce. Like produce. You go into your uh, into your supermarket and walk down the produce aisle. Olive sock. Produce. Yeah, produce. Yeah. So this is great. Yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah. Two more. Yeah. Um, fragrant. <laughs> You've done fragrant. My yogurt for years, you would always be like, "You're that's it's very fragrant." It was so fragrant. fragrant. It's it's very fragrant. Well, thank, thank goodness, isn't a smell of vision on this pod because you <laughs> <laughs> so fragrant, uh, black cat fragrant. Fra- yeah, black cat fragrant. Yeah, and uh, radiator, also another black, black cat. cat. Sure. So those are my words. I feel radiator. I feel like is out there, but is the other right? three. That's because I've worked the longest on that. <laughs> it's also, also there are these like 50-50s, right? Like data, data. I'm like a data guy. I'm yeah. not a black cat. I'm a data, which would be hang on. Gray. Don't, don't Probably tell gray, me. Right? A, 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 gray. A, <laughs> is it gray? Gray day. Yeah, gray day. Yeah, I got yeah. there. I got there. But that's the rhyming part. Yeah. If it was just gray, a, gray. Gray day. Gray day, and if data. it was like olive, schwa, olive. Yeah. <laughs> should it be schwa? I think schwa should be schwa because like it should rhyme with. It should sound like it sounds right. Yeah. Why is that really throws it off? Yeah, because it's olive sock schwa. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I anymore. think that's good though. But, but uh, you sound you're rhyming. Okay, we're rhyming. Yeah, right. right. And we're gonna finish with some freestyling. Right? right. So I would just encourage listeners, please join me in this campaign. Tootsie Roll, Produce, right. Fragrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's we're changing the world one word at a time. And getting back to rhyming, a uh, nice thing about Tootsie Roll is it rhymes with Bootsy Collins. It does. So like Tootsie, Bootsie. Yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. No, let's it. call it on. I, uh, again, I've, I've lost the thread of this conversation. I think, I think yeah, so I, can, I, can, I, can I hard hard pivot us to, to our other? Sure, you, yeah. you do it. Thanks, I'm going to do, it, do, yeah. do what I want. Um, I, we, we're talking about Fluent City is the other, the other article I think that, that Mike and Daniel shared. Um, we had talked about Fluent City before. Yes. We're back at them. We're back at them. The sommelier, right? The sommelier. Um, so now they're, they're raising more money mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and teaching um, uh, language courses now in 10 different languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave four examples of those 10 languages in this article. High Valerian, not, in, not on their uh, docket just yet. Not sure, but yeah. um, probably not. Yeah. Uh, here's my, so this is an Ed Surge article. Um, I just, I wanted to call, this is, I'm going to be nasty for a second. Ooh. I mean, nasty. I feel like in your article about language, you shouldn't have typos. <laughs> so when things yeah. stat at $99 a month, like get me that stat. That's not right. Nope. Um, right. Like just, I, I think that it, the medium it should be aligned to the message. So if yeah. you're like, if you're writing about writing or you're writing about language or you're languaging about writing, mm-hmm. just, just try just a tiny little bit harder. I mean, I love you, Ed Surge. Sure. Um, uh, Edward Surge. Oh, okay. um, and then, uh, you know, mild beef with Ed Surge because last year we were not listed. Uh, we had just launched. Yeah. But they listed their top 15. Is I it think. mild beef like, is that Beef Wellington? Is uh, that mild beef? <clears throat> mild beef. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, it's like braised. You know, oh, like okay. it, it kind of melts it. in your mouth. So, yeah. like, it's not a bad beef. Mm-hmm. It's a good beef. Got it. <laughs> but, uh, but Ed Surge listed their top 15. 15 educational podcasts. Yeah. And where were we? Well, that's because we only started last August. I know, but but this, that's why that's why it's it's not like uh like like a chewy, well done got uh, it. strips thing. Right. It's not right. like bad beef. Right. It ain't bad you know? beef. Yeah. This is mild beef. Yeah, mild beef. Yeah. Well, Ed Search, there's still time, especially after we copy edited you live on uh, <laughs> on the air. Yeah. 
Yeah. It is uh, a deeper dive off the ed search. There's a, a TechCrunch uh, article. Uh, if you, you click through there, that dives pretty deep into what they're trying to do. And Mike, we've, we've talked many times over about online learning, in-person learning here on the podcast, what, what we do every day uh, with teaching online courses. Uh, it, it's an interesting model they're going after where they sort of have uh, offerings across the spectrum where you can do online courses where you have a teacher and you're, you're learning asynchronously, or then you can go to group sessions uh, or you can go to private tutoring for, for languages. Seems to be really growing their portfolio of how they're teaching language. Um, but it does go back to sort of the uh, liberal arts boot camp that we talked about previously and seems to be with the funding round here that it's really catching on in Brooklyn and spreading uh, what seems to be down the East Coast as uh, on-site courses uh, where you can go and learn languages. Uh, an impressive run for Fluent City in trying to get funding uh, to teach these courses online and also in person. Yeah, I mean, getting funding is doesn't necessarily mean you're hitting a home run uh, and trying a bunch of different tactics to find the revenue model that they want uh, isn't always an indication that they're crushing it. Uh, but um, I think they're, my take, and it's just my take, uh, is that I think they are onto something particularly, uh, what's interesting is they seem to be uh, pivoting off of what I, I thought was an interesting counterpoint was the idea that I could actually meet other people in person to learn languages with them, um, which uh, you know, it's going to be difficult for them to scale. Uh, so, so maybe that's why they're pivoting off of that. But I thought that was an interesting counterpoint to the MOOC movement. And I think when we first were talking about them, you know, uh, you know, teaching classes on wine and uh, um, French, I think it was like French history, yeah, yep. uh, as well as the languages, just seemed, seemed like they were doing some interesting stuff on their content strategy. Uh, now they feel more like they're moving in the Rosetta Stone um, Duolingo space, which um, hopefully they can kind of retain uh, a unique brand there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought they were interesting. And also I think that's when, that was the show we called the hipster learns in Brooklyn, which, mm. uh, which was, uh, was a nice title. Sure was. You know? Yeah. I like that um, Fluent City is focused less on fluency than on communicative effectiveness, communicative proficiency. Mm. Um, so I guess communicative proficiency city yes. doesn't flow off the flow, flow off the tongue quite as, quite as easily. Correct. But I, I like, we are, we are neither fluency nor city discuss. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I got one other thing I wanted to bring up just around Duolingo uh, as, as we're wrapping. Yep. Uh, I was doing a little research and uh, the founder of Duolingo was uh, a guy at Luis, Luis Van Aan, I think is his name, um, came out of the Carnegie Mellon uh, computer science program, but initially uh, founded CAPTCHA, and then CAPTCHA, which is, you know, to identify whether you're a robot or not. So like we've all seen those CAPTCHAs when we're trying to authenticate who we are. But he initially uh, founded that company, then, uh, did another iteration against CAPTCHA that became ReCAPTCHA. And then ReCAPTCHA was a way in which when the humans were uh, being prompted, they were actually translating uh, texts that AI could not mm. process. So it was actually like what he calls a, a twofer. Uh, I'm putting uh, scare quotes yeah. up in the air. Hopefully you hear that in my voice. Yeah. 
but like uh, the idea that that uh, was both teaching people or, or both authenticating that these people were human, but also helping with uh, text digitization, like uh, which I thought was interesting. And then Duolingo initially, one of its revenue models was that uh, they would get paid to do uh, translations. Right. Um, they've since pivoted off of that. But I thought it was interesting, um, probably something we could talk about uh, at another time, like is like when you gamify something and you're sort of providing value to the consumer who's going through that gamified experience, if that's also performing some kind of social good, that's really interesting. And I think um, Blue Canoe it was kind of touching on that too, that maybe this, uh, you know, they're leveraging some speech recognition technology, but it's also like, as you start generating a bigger user base that can then be used in more like pro-social beneficial ways. So like maybe that helps mature speech recognitions that it could understand accents, for example. Um, so I thought it was, uh, it was interesting as I was reading up a little more on the history of Duolingo that, um, you know, uh, Luis Van An may be, uh, may be a future guest. I like it. But, uh, but the idea of like <clears throat> helping people learn and then adding to the collective benefit even beyond that is, uh, is sort of an interesting angle. Here's, here's what I'd like to close at least my contribution to this podcast with. Sure. Uh, when we did our um, year in review yes. show, yes. which was so fun. Last year. Uh, fun with language episode was literally the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I like that we've come back at it. If you're listening to this, it was, and it was not the worst in terms of the show quality, yeah. just in terms of the metrics. So yeah. uh, for all you quants out there right. who didn't listen, I got, I got, I got Biff for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got produce for you. Yes. Um, but uh, I, I'm interested to see, and if you're listening right now, like you're contributing, so thank you. But like, I'm interested to see how language round duh right. does for, uh, for us. That's interesting. And also like, uh, I think I, I quoted the bard. I paraphrased the bard that uh, a pod by any other name may not get as many downloads. I think that's right. So I you think, did. you know, fun with language. Call back. Um, if it was... Dan, uh, you got to do some work to title this one the right way. Like, yeah. we'll, we'll see. It's, right. all, it's, all in, it's all on you, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, right. uh, but, but it will have been named by the time people listen to this. True that. Yeah, yeah. I take uh, that responsibility not so lightly. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode, talking about language. I'm sure this will come up again, as Mike talked about with uh, Duolingo and, and the other portions. Uh, we can go towards a uh, great uh, conversation here. We're going to talk next week about humor and uh, humor in the classroom and humor in learning. Uh, and uh, soon the Thanksgiving holiday is upon us. So hopefully everybody enjoys their Thanksgiving in the, the next week or so uh, and appreciate you listening here to Trending in Education. 